Welcome to the Scale Up Your Business podcast. In this podcast, we talk about what it takes to go from startup to scale up and beyond. How to significantly grow your business, create freedom, build wealth, and live life on your terms. Featuring some very special guests and experts to give you advice and direction on your journey. And now, introducing your host, entrepreneur, investor, and scale-up specialist, Nick Bradley. Hi, everyone. It's Nick Bradley, and welcome to Scale Up Your Business. Well, today we are back with the Entrepreneur in Focus series. I know that you have been getting heaps and heaps of value out of the different people that I'm bringing on to the program. So today I am delighted to be bringing a lady called Amira Alvarez onto the show. Now, she is an absolute force of energy. And the reason I wanted to bring Amira on to scale up your business is that she has managed to literally triple the size of her business in a very short time, certainly triple her income. And she's now making certainly high six figures from her business. And in terms of scale, often, you know, we talk about, I said, the mechanics, but this is very much about setting the vision, going for it, taking massive action and, and making it happen with really clear focus. So Amira will tell you her story. It was a great conversation. I love chatting with her. As I said, lots of energy and lots of really useful insights. Now, her business is called The Unstoppable Woman. And to be frank, that's pretty much a good match for her. And she works with women who are struggling to, to kind of get where they want to in life. And that could be income levels, business, it could be relationships, it could be all sorts of different things. And she's very much focused on, you know, you've got to make a decision and then you've got to be consistent with what you do to make that happen. And so she's definitely a no holds bar personality. Let me just say that and, and lots of great things. So I hope you enjoyed the episode. I certainly, as I said, enjoyed speaking with her. Welcome to Scale Up Your Business, Almira Alvarez. Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Scale Up Your Business. This is Nick here, and today I am delighted to have with me Amira Alvarez. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Nick. Happy to be here. Excellent. Well, listen, I'm really excited to have you on because your story, and I'm not going to kind of spoil it for the listeners today, but in terms of what you've achieved so quickly with your business is really inspirational. So we'll get into that. But before we do, do you want to kind of give us a bit of a sense of kind of, you know, your, you know, what you do, who you are, all that sort of thing? Sure, of course. So fundamentally, I help women who are entrepreneurs, small business owners, or looking to really grow in the corporate setting, get to the next level in their income generation. Yes, absolutely. That's the first level that we work on. But the way you do one thing is the way you do everything. So we're also working on the patterns of behavior that are keeping them at the same level in their personal lives, not just their business and their career. So I'm really helping women break through to higher and higher levels of living and to be the woman that they really want to be in this world, but are somehow consistently held back from. And there's a way through that. And it can be an extraordinarily delightful, amazing life. And that's the carrot that I hold up for people. Yeah. Okay. So you don't, I, I doubt you wake up <laughs> one day and you become that. Um, well, I could be wrong. I could be wrong. So how, how do you, I mean, that sounds like a mission and a purpose more than just a business. So how did you get to that? how did you come to that idea of what you do now? Absolutely. That's a really good question, Nick, because I, to be honest, in the beginning, my, my full focus was simply, I would like to work for myself, 
doing something that I love, that's my genius work, and making good money at it. Like, it wasn't that complicated. It was like very straightforward and, and kind of simply defined. And as I started to build my business, and I can talk about all the steps involved in the growth there, what happened was that my purpose became clearer and clearer. It became unveiled to me as I stepped forward and did the work and got the reflection of what was happening for my clients and for myself and fine tuning that as I went. So it was not an overnight like, oop, I was born with this purpose and I, well, I think we are born with a purpose, but I, I wasn't aware. <laughs> you can't, I'm not gonna let you get away with that. We have, we're gonna have to delve into that in a second, you realize that. But what were you doing before this, before you were kind of you know, helping women in this way? What was, did you have a corporate career or something else? Yeah, I, I was an academic and worked in research for a very short period of time, roughly right after uh, college and university, and then did some fun, you know, miscellaneous stuff in my 20s. Uh, we'll just skip over that part of my life. <laughs> and then uh, I came back from traveling and got a temp job in a startup in Silicon Valley and um, did well in that job. And in, in hindsight, there's some, some very um, pertinent things that I did that allowed me to excel there. Um, and I got hired the, way, the day they went public and I worked my way up the corporate ladder and I had a huge fun and it was delightful. And then it was not, it got to a place where I was burnt out. I had numb fingertips, I had massive headaches, neck pain, I'd really, gone overboard in terms of how I was uh, working and the intensity that I was uh, putting towards my work. And I ended up taking a, a severance package during the dot com downfall, whatever you yes, want to call yes, it. Yes, 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 yeah. Um, and that was the greatest thing that I could have possibly done because it gave me the freedom to figure out what I wanted to do. And I ended up um, starting a whole different career path that was a small business in a healing modality. And I had to learn how to run my own business. And although I was brought up by a mother who ran a law practice, so I had some of that in my sort of cultural environment growing up, um, I didn't have the contemporary version of that. And I didn't know all the skill sets and the tactics to go about actually making money. And I was not interested in being poor, um, which a lot of people have stories around healing modalities and it's it's you know spiritual to not charge a lot and all sorts of things like that and um i just don't buy into it and i lived in the san francisco bay area and i didn't want to have i wanted it all right i wanted to do what i loved in this world and 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 make a great living at it and i think regardless of your niche that is totally possible if you have the right mindset around it so let's go back to that point around purpose that I sort of let you skip over <laughs> a second ago. Because you said, oh, you know, I think everyone has a purpose. Firstly, how do you, how do you, I mean, I believe the same thing, by the way. So I just want to kind of probe it because I think it's useful for listeners to hear this. Why do you think that? Why do you think everyone has a purpose? Because it can be quite ethereal, if you know what I mean. Absolutely. So I didn't always think this next. I grew into understanding this um, because quite frankly, I didn't know what my purpose was until quite recently, I would say the last three, four years, okay? And it keeps getting fine-tuned. So I know that it's an iterative, mm -hmm. evolving 
process. And, and yet the way I looked at purpose was like some very large, big thing that drops from heaven, like you're blessed by it, you, you get like knocked on the head by a lightning bolt and suddenly you know. And I don't, that has not been my experience of it, okay? Many, I, I think some people do have that experience, but I have to grow into it and take steps. So let me back up a thousand and one steps here and say that when I started to learn and understand that our directive in life as human beings is to grow, if we start with that premise that we have this more life directive, that we're all brought into this world and our desire is to become more and to grow into our highest, most actualized potential, okay, our best self. If we take that as the seed of what's happening for every single human being, then our purpose is found, if you will, by starting to take those steps towards becoming more, to becoming a better version of ourselves. So the version of myself that started, I, I will say I didn't have low self-esteem or think I was crap in this world or anything like that, but I had you know, the general run-of-the-mill insecurities and was, was very much reactive to what other people uh, saw me as and thought I should be and was running, in a, running my life in a very um, outside-driven way, in a way that showed, uh, you know, and years later, looking back, I can see I was try, trying to define myself based on what other people wanted and thought was right and good and proper and how to be in this world. And when I started going through the process of being interdirected and really showing up as my best self, my purpose started to unfold, but it happened on the granular in very small steps and actions. Does that make sense? Interesting. Yeah, no, it does. Now, the way you describe that story, and a lot of people who've been listening to this show for a long time know my story because I share it probably too much, but there are a lot of similarities here. I don't think, I mean, my, my sort of reflection on your comment is... I don't think you can find your purpose when your head is stuck with all sorts of crap and stuff going on. So there's a little bit where you have to clear that and, and also then to be able to connect with your heart, to be able to connect with kind of what drives you, you need to be able to kind of get out of your head. So my, my experience is very similar to yours. Can I add there? It's getting out of your head and getting out of fear. Okay. The, like the worry, the doubt, the fear that's spinning in, in occupying your thoughts all day long. Yeah. And why, okay, so I think I know the answer to this in my perspective, but why do you think so many people are just kind of doing stuff they hate? Fear. Okay, fundamentally, it's if I don't do this, what is going to happen to me? Okay, and when you play that out, there's some sense of lack of trust in yourself. Like if I don't do this and I do something else, will I be successful? If I'm not successful, what's going to happen? If, if, if I fail on my and fall on my face, am I resilient enough to get back up and start again? I would make the argument that, that you are. Some people commit suicide though, okay? So there, there's like, there's an end to playing this out that is not, um, you know, rainbows and unicorns. There's, there's, there's stuff there, okay? But for most people, if something uh, bad happens, like they try something, they make a mistake, it all falls to pieces, they get up and start again, 
okay? They're more resilient and capable than they give themselves credit for. And yet the fear of experiencing that pain, the shame of what other people will think, and the internal crucifixion, if you will, mm-hmm. that happens around that stops people from even trying, okay? And yet you have to go after what you want in or, and experience the results of that, positive and negative, to grow and become more and become um, excellent at this new thing. We're not necessarily great right af- out, out of the gate. So if someone, if someone, has, if someone has got this fear, um, and obviously you work with women, but I think it doesn't really make a difference in terms of the sex of this, um, what's the first thing they do? If they're fit, they want, they want, they know to contextualize, they want to do something else. They, they feel there's a pull for them to do it, but they're crippled by fear. What do they do? Absolutely. So there's a number of things that you can do on your own. And then it's really useful to work with someone who can spot your blind spots. Okay. Because fundamentally what's happening is you have a story that is playing out and it's a pattern for you and you cannot see it. It feels like the truth for you. And that's why it's called a blind spot. You cannot see it yourself but it keeps playing out. And that's one of the things that I help my clients with is like pinpointing and identifying that story because once you have the awareness of it, it's, you're no longer blind to it and you can make different choices. Okay, so now what happens if you don't have someone like that in your life? How can you self-work this, okay? And I think the best thing that you can do is get really clear about results. What result do you want? Start with your desire, okay? Do you, do, what do you really, really want? And is what you have and what you're doing getting you there? And is it getting you there fast enough, okay? Because one of the things that I like to work with women on is, is closing the gap on time in terms of cause and effect and you know what they desire and getting the results because we're more motivated when we get faster results. Okay. Now that doesn't mean that everything happens in an instant or that there isn't um, attention or focus and, and, you know, getting back up and all of that persistence bit of things. Absolutely. But we can close the gap on how long something takes. So first, you know, what do you want and where are you going and what's the gap there? What do we have to solve for, if you will? Okay. And then is what, are, is what you're doing now going to solve for that gap? Okay. Chances are it's not because if it was, you would have the results that you're looking for already. So it's really important to get honest about the results you are currently getting. Here's one of the things that I see hangs people up in terms of being truly transparent and honest with themselves about the results they're getting. They, they don't want to experience the discomfort of saying, I'm not where I want to be yet. There's a lot of pain in that kind of regret because we, we psychologically make it mean I've done something wrong and then we take it and extrapolate it to I am wrong. So that's guilt and shame. Okay, I've done something wrong is guilt. I am wrong is shame. And we don't want to feel that. So we say everything's good. Everything's great. It's good enough. Like I'm working on it. I'm taking the steps. It's, I'm making incremental progress. All is good. And it's probably true. We don't want to cut ourselves down at the the knees and say everything's terrible and going to hell in a handbasket. But if you want more, you have to look at that gap. And I am constantly doing this. It's like what I do on a daily basis with team meetings, with 
strategies, with my personal life, with my relationships. I'm always looking like, these are great results. Appreciate. And what's next? What's more? How do I step into being unstoppable here? Right? And it takes that level of truth and transparency. Does that make sense? It does make sense. I, I often say to people I work with that a goal is not something you strive towards, but it's something you come from which is a simplified way of saying what you just said, which is you've got to have a vision and then you need to know the gap. But if you take yourself, if you can project yourself into feeling what it's like once you've achieved the goal or you're the person who has achieved the goal, then actually it's much easier in many ways to be able to do the actions, to do the work, go through the challenges, et cetera, et cetera, see the opportunities to be able to make that happen. Absolutely. And when you are looking at that goal and saying, who do I need to be to be this person who achieves this, then you see the gap as well. Okay. And yet you can't be afraid of saying, look, I am deficient in this area. I need to go seek expert help. I need to hold myself to a higher standard. I need to make different choices and then actually do it in the moment, right? When no one's looking, you have to become the woman or the man that you know yourself to be, which is this vision that you're stepping into and start acting and behaving in that way and not quite frankly, let, let yourself off the hook. Right. I mean, we, I, I'm constantly looking, I'm like, Oh, look at that. Look at that. Look at that. Right. And then I hold myself to a higher standard. And I think you probably do this too, Nick. And that's how you get to the next level. But it's like, it's the big vision. Uh, made up with lots of incremental steps yeah. that are based in truth yeah. and honesty. Yeah. What's, what's so funny about this conversation? Well, there's two things actually. So one is I've had many conversations with equally as impressive people as yourself, Amira. And there is a playbook in my head now that everyone says the same things in different ways, particularly the people who are on the pathway to achieving the life that they want. And so what's great is I know a lot of people listen to scale up your business, almost like a, a Netflix binge. They go through like, it's crazy, right? I, I'm almost astounded by it. But they're now coming back to me and saying, I can see the pattern. I can see this. It's not rocket science, this. You've got to have a vision. You've got to then be very honest with yourself about the gap, as you call it, between where you are today and that vision. You've got to work out how you're going to fill that gap. That could be skill set. That can be mindset. You've got to change your environments. You've got to basically you know, work on the things that are the deficiencies that you currently have to get you to where you want to. And then you just got to take a shitload of action. And if it's not working, Realize that, but don't stop. Don't give up. Keep going, keep going, keep going. And eventually you get there. Absolutely. And each time, I think what's fascinating is that entrepreneurs and people who are really going for more, and you know, everyone has a gradation of what mm -hmm. they're going for. They, they hold them. They're like excited. They're appreciative. They enjoy the journey. They, they enjoy the, the results. And then they're always looking at that next level. And it's not necessarily... Um, bigger, it could be more efficient, it could be more fun. It's like, what else do you want to call into your life right now? And, and it doesn't stop. And when you understand that process, and understand that when you're in the gap, or when you see the gap, sometimes, or when you're feeling the challenges of growth, sometimes it doesn't feel so hot, right? And our inclination is to do what you were asking, like, how do you make the decision to keep going in that moment? And for me, it was really understanding, intellectually understanding the process and recognizing like 
that this is how how you grow and not to resist the growth that there's always tension in the growth that 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 like to embrace it and love it which is such a fundamental mindset shift but at least it was for me you know i ran away like if i wasn't naturally good at something if that wasn't my like skill set to begin with mm-hmm. like i would work work life work that in such a way that like I didn't have to deal with it or I, I grew over here or whatever. And I'm all about, you know, delegate the things that you're not excellent at, right? There's, there's a place for that. But you also have to embrace a growth mindset and not run away from that first, you know, experience of like, this isn't working or this is a challenge or this is hard or wow, growing a team. Wow. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, <clears throat> someone said to me recently, everything is hard the first time you try it or difficult because you've never done it before. So, and that's that, that experience of growth is, I mean, I, I've used the example when I first started the podcast, the first few episodes where I was in a darkened room by myself, you know, literally chatting away for 20 or 30 minutes. That's a bit weird. And then after a while, you kind of just get used to it. You realize you're not mad and <laughs> you kind of just get more skilled if you like at the whole thing. So, but you know, now I love it. But at the beginning it was difficult because it was new. It was new. Yeah. I'd never done it. So what's your, so when you're working with people, cause I want to get into your story a bit more detail. When you're working with people, you said there's a process. Um, can you take us through what that is? If you've got some steps, cause I think again, I like to bring a practical element into, into the um, interviews that I do here. Yeah, absolutely. So the first place I start with everyone is what do you want? Okay. Because if we don't know what you want and you haven't claimed it clearly and clearly articulated it, we don't have a direction to move in. We're going to zigzag. Okay. We're going to get in the weeds and confused by all these exciting ideas because you can do lots of things in your business. But if we don't know where you're heading, what you truly want, then we don't know. I don't know how to help you. Now the challenge, the rub is that many women, and I think it's true for men to some degree as well. You can answer this, Nick, is that we're trained not to really go for what we want, okay? We, we're trained to go for some sort of mm, acceptable, reasonable, reachable goal that seems like I could do that. And yet what most people want is, to use your example from earlier, they wanna quit their job and start this whole thing over here. That's a big, big goal, okay? Or they want, they, they'll tell me they want to make 100K or 200K, but what they really want is they want a seven-figure business. Or what they really want is this impact goal, but it scares the bejeebers out of them and they can't see the how, so they don't claim it. So here's a little nugget, mm-hmm. okay? Most people won't claim what they want, i.e. I. their goal, what they want to achieve, until they see the how. But the truth is that the how does not become evident until you claim your desire, what you truly want. Once you claim it, the ways and the means show up, okay? You start Mm -hmm. becoming more brilliant than you ever thought yourself to be because you've claimed this big, big juicy goal, okay? No, that makes perfect sense. I don't think I don't think that you know to your question before. I don't think that's any different from a man or because I think what I say to people a lot is you are always a um, symptom, if you like, of of your environment, your circumstance. Now that doesn't mean you're a victim. It simply means that 
you know, when I was growing up, my example was I wasn't surrounded by a lot of wealth. In fact, there was a psychology within my family upbringing that not that it was bad, that it just wasn't untainable. And there was a big limiting belief around education. So you had to go to university to earn wealth, for example. This is going back a bit. So the most important thing in my family and what I was told to do was get a job, get a great job. You know, firstly, go to university because that's the only thing you should do and then get a great job. Now, of course, once you get into that, if that's not where your purpose is taking you, that becomes, that becomes very stifling very quickly. Yeah. So I think first and foremost, it's your environment that dictates a little bit about how you set your goals and what your expectations are. And then I think you're right. Me personally, when I started to set a bigger vision for what I wanted my life to be, which was based around standards of how I wanted to live, not necessarily about things I could obtain, um, things showed up. Now, those things were always there. And I want to make that point. They were always, always there. I just didn't see them. So that's the big thing. So by not seeing the things that were in front of me, by not seeing those things, then that made, you know, as soon as I opened my mind to that, then everything changed. Absolutely. But, but in terms of the first step, you had to say, I really want this, whether it's a standard in your life or a um, business goal, it's like you're claiming it. You're saying yes. this, and, and when you see it as possible, then the opportunities show up, then the ways and means, then the, the people, the circumstances, the events the, the, will, will come into your awareness and you can act on them. Now, it always requires action, right? It's not by magic, okay? No, no, no. It's, and that's, that's one of the things I think that people get a bit confused about because there's, <laughs> there was a book a few years ago on a TV show called The Secret. Did you ever see that? Yeah, <laughs> and I, I'm not a massive fan. I, I believe some of the principles, but the one thing I find that it's misleading in that is this: it's it's probably more towards the manifestation as opposed to the action. Yeah, I, so I only criticise because I like both concepts. I don't disagree with either, but you can't just sit there in a room and meditate all day about becoming a millionaire. Yeah, absolutely. I call it magical thinking. It doesn't work. Okay, it just doesn't. <laughs> I mean, we can we can use our thought to create what we want, but you cannot ignore the law of cause and effect, right? There, there are certain causes that create certain effects. Emerson called it the law of laws, right? It's like you, you are 100% responsible for your results. If you're not getting your results that, that you want, the standards in your life, the goals that you want to achieve, let's look at what causes you're putting into effect, okay? What choices are you making and how you're showing up mindset wise, behavior wise, but also like persistence and, and how you're managing yourself in respect to time and what, what kind of work you're, you're willing to engage in and do. There's all sorts of things to look at there. Um, but we're a hundred percent responsible for our results. And everything that I have done has been a manifestation, but it's been a manifestation because I got really clear on what I wanted. I was honest about where I was and I had to figure out what the, res the causes were that I needed to put into place to get what I wanted and then do them. Awesome. Okay, let's um, switch gears a bit because I want to talk about you a bit more. <laughs> that was very useful. Um, so you have, and this is one of the reasons I wanted to get you on the show, is you have done some amazing things with your business. So again, you can tell us the story and the timeline, but something like what, tripling it or more in, in, in quite a short time. So this is about scale up, right? You've massively scaled. Take us through that. Take us through firstly what's happened and then how you've achieved it. Okay. So I would say that I am what is called an unconscious, I was in the beginning, what is called an unconscious competent. I was doing some things 
well and right, but I, it, in order to scale my business, but I wasn't at all conscious about what those things were. I was doing them unconsciously. So first year in business, 30K, it's probably first six months in business, but that annual, that, that calendar year, 30K in business, second calendar year, tripled that to 90K, felt very good, was a little bit like I wanted to get to the six figures, but I got to 90 right on, still tripling. And then I went from 90 to 138, which is a nice chunk of change. Um, and I crossed the six figure mark. I was really proud of myself for doing that. That was year three. But I had this come to Jesus moment, this wake up moment where it was 7.30 at night and I was sitting on the floor of my office and uh, my husband at the time called upstairs and he was like, hey honey, I made dinner, you ready? And I was like, yeah, 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 I'll be right down. Just one, I just need to get one more thing done. And like 45 minutes later, he calls back up and he's like, hey, babe, I'm starting. And I'm like, okay, something's got to give because I kept working and there was, there's endless work as an entrepreneur. It doesn't stop. Okay. And I realized at that point that this was not how I wanted to live. So to your point, Nick, about standards, it was 7.30 at night. I had probably been working 12 to 14 hours, depending on when I woke up in the morning. I tend to wake up between 5.30 and 6.30, okay? And straight out of bed to the laptop, going for it. And I hadn't showered. I hadn't brushed my teeth. I was still in the dog-haired covered clothes that I was had slept in, and they were not sexy clothes. They were like baggy, gross, not gross, but baggy, like unisex, you know, nothing special sweats. Okay. And I'm sitting on the floor of my office and I was like, this is not who I am. I am not this woman. I am not this woman. This is not how I want to live or who I want to be. And I had a real heart to heart. It didn't all like come in right at that moment, but I was like, there are people who are making significantly more money and they're not doing it like this. I want to be one of them. How do I do that? Because what I'm doing right now, my MO is not working. Like I am just fundamentally using the work harder strategy. Okay. And from a marketing perspective, I was throwing spaghetti at the wall and hoping something would stick. Right. I was doing all the things, everything. And, and quite frankly, not really uh, stepping into my power. And I had a lot of fear around it. So what did I do? I got significant help. I invested what I would consider uh, the cost of a small house in mentorship. And it scared the bejeebers out of me and almost ended my marriage in the first, because um, I did it without asking permission, right? I just, I was like, this is what I need. This is what I'm doing. I'm going for it. Burn the bridges. Okay, like I needed to get that kind of leverage over myself in order to move past my fears and blocks. So in the process of doing that, I will give you, you and your listeners, a few key things that I did. Okay, now this I get from looking backwards and trying to back engineer what the, what the heck happened in that year, because I went from 138 to 700k in one year, which is a five wow. <laughs> that, that, I mean, this is, this is the crux of it. Cause that's, there's a whole heap of stuff there. Cause those first three years, I suppose, you know, for the, for the normal person, right. We go, oh, that's pretty good. No, not bad. We're growing what we would expect to grow maybe a bit better than we expect. And then, wow. Yeah. Take us through it. 
Okay. So fundamentally, I had a big stretch goal. So I talked to my clients about, you know, their sideways goals, their step goals, and their stretch goals. Sideways goals, not really doing anything different. Same level, you know, you've already done it. You know, you can do it. Maybe it's a different color variation on it. A step goal is an incremental goal. It's like if I was at 138, it's saying I want to get to 200. Okay. That's a chunk. Like that's not insignificant. Okay. That's a $62,000 increase, not an insignificant amount of money, but it's incremental. A stretch goal is a crazy ass goal that you have no idea how you're going to get. And I chose a million that year. Okay. So this goes back to that first thing that I was saying. I, I claimed that desire. I wanted to be that woman who said, I did that. Okay. And, and I wanted to have that and, and all of the things around it. I didn't get there, Nick. I got to 700. Okay. And to be honest, really honest, I cried my eyes out. Okay. Cause I hadn't made my goal. And then I was like, girlfriend, don't be entitled. Look at what you just did. Okay. And take it to the next level. So, um, goals are great. You want to set yourself up for success. You want to do the things that get you there, but you're not always going to make it the first time. But I believe in setting big goals because if you set a big goal and you land on the stars instead of the moon or whatever that expression is, you're better off than if I had just set a 200 K goal and made 180. Okay. Does yeah, no, I get it. Well, no, it does because there's lots of different thoughts going through my head as you're talking. I mean, I did some work with Google for a couple of years and they, they build their whole performance management around what they call the moonshot. And the way that works is exactly, it's almost exactly the same sort of percentages that you spoke about. So they expect you to set a goal that's big enough that if you get 70% of the way there, you get 100% of your bonus. Yeah. Because they don't want you setting crappy sort of low ambition goals. Yeah. And, and look concept. what I'm done for, for Google, and you can do that for yourself. Now, going back to our early conversation, I won't reiterate, but people have a lot of fear around what, you know, whether they can do it, what, what's going to happen if they fail, so they don't set that, okay? It's got to be in a frame, though, because what I found is not so much that people are scared necessarily to set a big goal, but if the goal becomes so far removed from anything they've ever experienced... Right. So, that, you know, there's a bit around stretching yourself. There's a bit around, hey, it's just so far out. I don't think I can do it. Not because my mindset's screwed, just because the mechanics are just all over the place. Do you know what I mean? So if, if you said, I'm, I'm going to be a billionaire next year. Perfect example. Yeah. yeah. So but a million was, was in striking distance. Mm-hmm. For me, it was in striking distance. You're, the line's breaking up a little bit, but I think I got the gist of what you said. Yeah. For me, it was uh, in in striking distance, um, for sure. I could conceive, I could believe that I could do it. You have to believe that you can do it. Now I've had people who come to events and they get all riled up and they're like, I'm going to be a billionaire. And I'm like, that's great. Where are you at right now? I don't have a business. I'm like, okay, let's start with like, what is your this year goal? Okay. And not that we let go of this, but what are you doing right now? that's going to be a friggin' stretch for you that you can actually believe that you can achieve. Yeah. Great. So that so was, then you're on the pathway after you've done that. Yes, absolutely. So, so back to the, back to the question. So from that one, three, eight to over 700, mm-hmm. what, give me the, the two or three things, or even it might just be one thing 
that changed it, that got you to actually even go to where you got to? Okay, so two things. I'm going to give you an inner game and an outer game because I talk about the inner game and I talk about the outer game quite a bit. And I think it's a great example of this. Fundamentally, I raised my prices, okay? Significantly, like huge leap. Now, I had tried to do that before and had um, not been able to sell anything for six months at my new price point. That was actually lower than my higher price point. But I... I changed some belief structures inside of me so that I, I could sell at that higher price point. Tactically, I learned how to sell. Okay. So that's a tactical outer game um, skill set that anyone in business that is selling something needs to learn, whether it's online, offline, in person, consulting, a product, a widget, brick and mortar, it doesn't matter. You need to, if you're in business, money comes through sales and you need to learn how to sell, okay? So I, I had to figure out how to show up in my power authentically and have high integrity sales conversations with the right clients. When I figured out, how, so I raised my prices, I learned how to sell, and then I changed who I was, my self-image, okay? Now that's the hardest part because I had to start seeing myself as someone who was worthy of that level of income and charging that much. Like you, you can't just throw it out there and think that you can do it if you haven't done the internal work that says, I, this is who I am and I am worthy of this, okay? Does this make sense? It does, but I want to go deeper into this last point. So the other stuff's easy. I get all that. <laughs> right, the outer stuff is like, okay, easy. But how do and you... I, and again, I'm, I'm also thinking about the, the multitude of questions I get every week from people. <laughs> and everyone struggles with where we're about to go. That's why I want to go into this quite deep. Did you have to reinvent yourself? Did you have a different image? I mean, it's obviously always you, but did you have to have a different persona? What was it? Um, yes and no. So yes, over the last number of years... And I often show this at my, my income breakthrough summits. Like I show photos of myself years ago and I show photos of myself now and I have reinvented myself I, in so much as I stepped into the truth of who I was, my beauty, my, my excellence, my value, my worth, um, how I, and, and it shows in how I dress and how I hold myself and how I move and all of these different things. Okay. But that happened incrementally over the years, and I think you can fast track that, but it happened in conjunction. Now the inner game, and, and not that that's devoid of inner game, but like the thing that had to happen in the moment was I had to step in to believing this and acting as if even before I fully knew it myself, okay? So I had to go on faith, if you will, that I was actually this woman, like if the desire is felt, the supply is ready to appear. Like there's a link there, okay? So I knew that if I wanted to be this woman, that I was actually this woman, but I needed to step into being her. So it's a chicken and egg thing. You have to act as if to break the chicken and egg scenario. It's uncomfortable. It doesn't feel right. You do it anyway, okay? And, and, and it's like, who would I be if I was someone who could charge this much? How would she act? How would she talk? How would she hold herself? 
what kind of um, services would she provide? What level of work would she give, right? And really evaluate the whole thing and show up in my business and start being that woman. And that's when I could really sell. Wow. Yeah. I love that. It, it, it does have the parallels back to that idea I said beforehand around a goal is something you come from. So even if you're not there yet, you have to act like you're there or at least understand what it feels like to connect with that. Did you get some help with this? I mean, you must have, there must have been a whole heap of personal development that underpinned your transformation, if you want to call it that. Absolutely. So I would say in the beginning, for years, my whole life, personal development junkie, like been reading all the books. And then I started delving into coaching and that was really useful. And there are different levels of coaches out there. And I, I met the coaches I needed at the time. Everything was perfect. No, no regrets. But when I um, invested the small mortgage, right, the, the household, you know, the six-figure investment for coaching, I got leverage over myself. I said, you know, this person has done this before with people, knows what, what he's doing, and I'm going to do exactly what he tells me to do. I'm not going to use my story to be the smartest person in the room because I don't have the results that he has. So I am going to put my ego aside. That was challenging, okay? Because we all have ego, right? We all want to think that we know what we're doing. But if I'm going to invest this much, I'm going to do what he says. And I did as quickly as possible, moving through the resistance as quickly as possible. And I asked a ton of questions and I asked, how would you handle this? And what would you do here? And like, I, I, I didn't think I could do it on my own. Okay. Because I knew by, by the time I signed up for that coaching, that mentorship, I knew the concept that your subconscious programming was built when you were a child and it, and it's a belief structure that will keep playing out until you change it. And I knew that I was in the forest for the trees with my blind spots and that I was gonna keep getting the same results in, if I kept believing my own story. So I stopped, I stopped that. Yeah, wow. Again, back to what I was saying earlier in the, um, in the interview, there, there are parallels, there's a playbook here. <laughs> Most of the people who are, who, has, who are getting amazing results, whatever those results are, and I don't want people to always think it's business because even though this is scale up your business, most of the time people are trying to do that for something else. You know, it's yeah. about the freedom they can get or, or choices or different things. But they all, it always starts with the opinion you have of yourself and, you know, being, I, I, I always say at the end of episodes, you know, be grateful, be brave, have faith and show up because those are principles that underpin what has transformed me in my life. You know, beforehand I was closed because I didn't realize that I could step into something more interesting and certainly more scary and more, um, you know, more, I suppose, fulfilled than I am now. So yeah, so it's cool. I love it. I absolutely love it. It's a great story. And what's, what's happened now? So where's the business now? So the business has evolved. Now it's the unstoppable woman and and we really work on creating amazing results quickly for people, helping them with the actual tactical skill sets that are required to grow, you know, and scale your business. There are, you know, systems things, teams, team things, pricing, how you create your business strategy, all of that. But then also really looking at the blind spots that are keeping people from a smaller life than they want to live. And I work with women in a variety of ways. If I can do a little underhanded pitch, if you're 
audience is ever in the United States, we do the Income Breakthrough Summit uh, twice a year, and I would encourage them to look on my website for the next uh, event. We have one coming up in November in Miami, and that is a great place to find your tribe of smart, ambitious, driven women who are really going for more and want more out of their lives. Like they have this 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 um, consistent thought of like, actually, I do want it all. I know it sounds a little pat, but it's like I'm unwilling to sacrifice, you know, the my potential for smallness. I want no, it. It's, it's what we said before, you know, you've got to change your environment. I, the, I go away every single quarter. I go away for a week somewhere. Um, and, you know, different events, different experiences. It's, it's aligned to what I'm trying to do professionally as well as anything else. But the reason I do that is because I want to be in a different room. Yeah. I want to be, I want to be basically in a different environment. And I found that since doing that for the last four or five years, being in that different environment has changed everything. So I totally get it. And can I ask okay. you a question then? Why, What's the difference, I think, between what you do for women versus men? So I think it's, it's around creating a space for women to show up in. So there's a pattern. There's been many studies that like in the educational world where when there's men in the room, women will take a second back seat. They won't raise their hand. They won't share what's on their mind. They won't shine in the way they are known to shine. I love men. So I'm like always at co-ed events and going for it in that room, all of that. But what I have found is that when women come together and they are in a room together, they can have a level of vulnerability and honesty about both their successes. Because a lot of women are super successful, but they're lonely at the top, okay? They don't have friends and colleagues who are driven and ambitious. They're surrounded by people who are going for adequate or good enough, and they feel like a fish out of water. So being in a tribe where you're with other women who are going for more and have, you know, my clients are starter clients and then, you know, starter business, and people who've already made over seven figures and are looking to reach the eight-figure mark right so it's a breath of expertise so being with other successful women is really powerful you feel connected and then the flip side is as strong women strong successful women you don't always have a place where you can say i need help i need to be vulnerable here my marriage is falling apart or um my whole team just had a rebellion or whatever right and and to be in a place where there's the no no judgment and you'll be supported yeah got it okay but there isn't there isn't a fundamental i can see what you mean i think i think sometimes men find it lonely at the top particularly if they get to senior management um i found that when i was a ceo of companies it was kind of lonely on the on the context that you kind of think when you're the the boss if you like or the, that's the thing you're going to have you know lots of control and everything else but then you're making decisions sometimes in a in a vacuum um which is challenging but i get it yeah. wow Okay. To be fair, I have a, a handful of male clients behind the scenes. They tend to be the business partners or life partners of my female clients, but some men find my message appropriate and reach out. So I can I can feel the energy of your purpose as we're talking today. So you you know you've absolutely found found what you were supposed to do. Absolutely. Thank you. Appreciate cool. that. No, it's great. Alyssa, I'm conscious of your time. You've been very grateful with it. To, sorry, very generous with it today. Um, is there anything else? Any Remember, my audience is people who are really stuck. 
a lot of them are successful, but they're stuck in the, this, what I call the wilderness or the, the no man's land of scale up. If you're in that position, is there anything that comes to mind? Any, you know, one piece of advice you would offer to people in that, in that situation? Absolutely. I think getting help is so extraordinary. Like take your ego out of it. Stop listening to the story of like, I can do it myself. I can bootstrap it. I don't have to invest in the, the mentorship that people like you provide. It's so important to get help. Like you will not be able to see the forest for the trees. You're going to keep repeating the same patterns that you've been repeating and making incremental progress. And you're not going to break free unless you have some help to really adjust the way you are seeing your level of awareness of what's going on. And it's only when we increase our level of awareness that we are able to increase our business and scale up. There's no other love way. It. Love it. Perfect. That's a really nice point. And I think that's true. You have to, you have to know where you are in many ways to know where you want to go. But the same point of that, you've also got to have a vision of what that looks like as well. So those two things together, and you spoke beautifully about the gap. I honestly believe when you understand that, you can see the gap, then you can start to take considered actions and making things happen. Absolutely. Cool. Awesome. Amira Alvarez, it's been awesome having you on Scale Up um, Your Business. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. My pleasure, Nick. Thank you for having me. So there you have it. That is Almira Alvarez. I hope you enjoyed listening to our chat. As I said, lots of energy, lots of focus, and a great story of someone who had to overcome some limiting beliefs to kind of go where she wanted to go. And it's funny, after having so many conversations now over the course of what's been over 12 months of doing this podcast, you hear the same things. So there's like a repeatable formula. And most people, when they set a big goal, set a big vision, the first thing they think of is, I can't do it. It's too big. And that's that's all mindset. That's all in your head. And then they achieve it. And then they go, wow, this was cool. I really can do it. And then they go and set bigger goals. So anyone who's sitting on the fence in that way, after certainly listening to the conversation on today's episode, just set a big goal and go for it. There is no risk in trying. Absolutely not. So a couple of things for today. My new website, uh, which is going to be nickcbradley.com, is launching. It's launching now. So by the time this episode is live, you should be able to go there and have a look. Uh, that's mainly um, you know, talking a little bit about my me, what I do, uh, certainly around coaching. And my new coaching program, my coaching accelerator program is launching as part of the site launch. And that's where you can work with me one-to-one focused on skill set, mindset, systems and energy. They're the four key things that I've, I've really sort of thought about a lot over the last 12 months. I thought, you know what, when I'm working with people, they're the four areas or the four disciplines, if you like, that people really need help with. So if you're interested in having a chat about that, if you feel that I coming in and helping you with your business is going to help you this year, then please get in touch. And the other thing is our accelerator program, which is our three-month business growth accelerator is flying. We've got the first cohort going through now and having an absolute ball if you want to do that. And that's really for people who've got businesses that are making probably six figures but want to get to seven and you want to try and achieve that maybe doubling of growth, tripling of growth within the next 12 months then the Business Growth Accelerator is all about that. So you can get some more information about that on my website as well, which is, as I said, www.nickcbradley.com. And we also have the Scale Up Your Business Academy, which you can link to from my site. Or if you want to go there directly, that's www.suybacademy.com. So that's it. 
Thanks again for listening. I'm always very grateful for all the messages that I get every single week, and I'm very, very happy to be to just be serving you with with so much information. And I'm glad it's proving useful. So as I always say, be grateful, be brave, have faith, and show up. Bye for now. Thank you.